It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 5-4 in the shootout. Vegas improves to 19-5-5, 43 points on the year tops in the National Hockey League. And to help us break this up one down, we go back up to the radio booth Bringing the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan, when you look at kind of the recent run of play for the San Jose Sharks, no lead ever feels safe against San Jose right now. And coupled with the Golden Knights kind of admitting throughout the, the majority of this game that it probably wasn't their best game of the year, it feels pretty significant to come away with two points. They should have come away with two points, and they did. And that is the bottom line. It, might not have been their prettiest performance. They did score four goals, mm. um, and the overtime was not particularly impressive. It is sort of a head-scratcher that with all the talent on this team, they have just one win during overtime when they have gone to overtime ten times. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. Now, they've managed to win four out of five shootouts, but they've gone to overtime ten times, and the only win was that Jack Eichel goal against Dallas. So that's sort of a different conversation as it pertains to your question ryan yeah i mean you know they they come from behind themselves and take a two to one lead after two and then you're hoping that they can kind of settle into their defensive groove remember they are the second best team in the league allowing 2.29 goals per game and this is a sharks offense that is second to last so all the numbers say that the Knights should win but as you point out the sharks have been scoring goals in bunches lately they were here for a couple of days after a bunch of games out east, Boston, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, Red Wings. But that was Thursday in Detroit. They were here Friday, day off, got to practice Saturday, whereas the Knights played yesterday on the road. And good thing it was a 7 o'clock game. <laughs> uh, they had enough time, I guess, to rest up. So all of those things, plus Yuri Patera getting his first NHL start of the year, number three goalie for Vegas, all of those things would lead you to believe that this could have been a difficult one for the Knights. Um, it ended up not being the sort of dominant victory that you might have hoped for compared to the previous games against the Sharks. But as we say, they survive. They get the two points, and that really, in, in this circumstance, is all that matters. You're not going to look too carefully at the X's and O's, the, the break-ins, the breakouts, all of the little things that normally you'd evaluate. You just take the two points and move on. Yeah, you're, you're spot on the money there when it comes to you know, how you assess this game. I don't think you, you need to assess much given the, the stretch of hockey and how grueling the travel has been for the Golden Knights of late. But, you know, you touched on Yuri Patero with Aiden Hill out and you know, not really a, a, any type of major update on Aiden Hill when he might be available again. It's important to get Yuri Patera into a game and, and certainly now at 3-0 and in his National Hockey League career, you, you feel pretty good, confident that you can win with anybody back there. Right. And with Erie's performance, he made some big saves. Yeah. And I, if you go through the different goals, you're probably thinking, all right, you know, the first one, 29 seconds in, probably could have made a save on that one. But as we said, he hadn't played in a while. Yeah. And then later on, you know, I, I wonder, and I didn't get a great second look at it, but the Kalen Addison goal from the slot, you know, that's normally one you don't see get by a Knights netminder, but um, it did. And two goals for Sharks defensemen, whereas none of the defensemen had any goals all season. Ferraro had one, and Addison had one here today. So uh, then the other ones, you know, six versus five for Hoffman. The previous Hoffman goal 
was a centering pass that went off a Korzak skate. Nothing Patera can do about that. And he made a couple of big saves in the third. You know, the number of shots were coming to him more and more as the game went deeper, mm -hmm. 17 in the third period. And then obviously a couple of big stops, uh, you know, one very late in regulation and then um, in late in overtime. So uh, to me, for Yuri Patera, get another win. He's 3-0 and in the NHL, 1-0 this year. And while you'd expect Logan Thompson to start uh, the next game and probably on Friday as well, we will wonder what Aiden Hill's status is. We haven't heard an update recently now that Knights are home for four in a row. Uh, they don't have any back-to-backs before Christmas. They do have a back-to-back -back right after Christmas on the 27th and 28th, but none until then. So uh, we'll see how uh, things unfold with Logan Thompson, Yuri Patera, and potentially Aiden Hill. Chandler Stevenson just looks different. Uh, obviously, uh, that's that's confidence, right? He gets a good goal yesterday in Dallas, follows it up with another goal here tonight. Um, what are you observing uh, about Chandler that, that may give you, gives you that indication that uh, he's moving in the right direction and that he's not going to you know, kind of regress or slide back, that this is going to be what you expect from Chandler Stevenson on a night-to-night -night basis. Uh, you heard him on the pregame show, yeah. and uh, for our listener who might possibly have missed the pregame show, we, uh, number one, encourage you to tune in for the pregame next time. Secondly, when Chandler is not in his head too much, he's going to play the sort of game that's gotten him to this point. And you can imagine for a guy who hadn't scored since October, he knows it. Um, that bleeds into other parts of the game. You know, remember early the season, you know, his face-off face numbers were off the charts. You know, you got back-checking and using his speed every single time that that line had the puck. You thought that they were going to have a transition scoring chance. It's not always going to happen that way. And when it's not all of a sudden continuing to go in, then you think, all right, well, what was I doing before? And you start thinking. And then all of a sudden when you're, you're thinking about what was I doing before, you're not thinking about what to do right now. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that once you kind of get into a little groove, it's not just the one goal, which is great, that he did score. But now he's got four points in three games. And he's playing with Brett Howden, who he's played with before, and Jonathan Marcheseau, who he had not really played with before. Both Brett Howden and Chandler Stevenson on our last couple of pregame shows talking about Jonathan Marcheseau, uh, pretty significant. And, Ryan, let me uh, interrupt our conversation. It sounds like Bruce Cassidy is stepping to the podium downstairs. All right, great stuff, Dan. Let's hey, go Bruce, downstairs Chris to Bruce Chatton, Cassidy. Fox Sports Las Vegas. We didn't have a chance to ask Yuri, but just how difficult is it for a young goalie who hasn't played in, in the NHL this season? He's been in the AHL, obviously doesn't play for a significant amount of time, and then he's thrown into the fire? Well, that's the life of an American leaguer sometimes, right? You, your opportunity presents itself when it presents itself, and your job is to be prepared to go out there. And I thought he did a really good job for us. He, he played a little bit last year. That was the good news. He had a taste of it. Um, you know, whether we, when we looked at the week and knew Hilly wouldn't be available, we were going to play Logan three of the four max, so... It sort of fell on this game to, to go to Yuri. Um, and that's how we came up with it, because it's a back-to-back. -back. So we wanted Logan in Dallas. And uh, so he knew a little bit ahead of time. He got some work this morning. So he, he, he did his prep work what he could, because yesterday wasn't on the ice, and Friday he did some in Dallas. So I think that part of it, he was going to be ready to play in terms of the reps. His first game this year, like, you just never know. 
I was hoping we'd play better in front of them for, for, for everybody's sake, but we also knew it was our fourth game in six days, and they were sitting here waiting for us, so kind of like we did to Dallas. So we knew there would be some challenges early on, and first goal, like I said, we, it's a defensive zone breakdown that we typically do not make on the far wall, and it rotates around, and now we're chasing the game. So, But he settled in after that. Right? You never know what's going to happen. First shot beats you, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you get in your own head, but he settled in, made some good saves. Unlucky one in front of the net there uh, <coughs> off Korzak's skate, but all in all, um, certainly gave us a chance to win and, and did in the end. Danny. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Uh, Bruce, as far as what happened last Wednesday, and obviously we didn't get a chance to talk to you about you know what happened here, but as a coach and maybe with your staff, was there anything that you had to kind of relate to the team over the course of the next few days and maybe leading up to today to kind of check, you know, the mental state and things of that nature? Well, there I think everyone knew about it quickly. Uh, word, word got out. So, and there's players that have, you know, the original guys have been through this, right? So they, they probably took a bigger lead than anybody and understanding what's going on back here in, in Las Vegas. Sometimes because you're away on the road, you got the dads there, you come a little detached on what's going on at home. So, but we got caught up in a hurry and obviously, you know, it's tough news for everybody. We, you know, I don't want to get too much, but it was a member of our staff that worked over at UNLV. So we were really concerned because it may even hit closer to home than your home city, right? So at the end of the day, um, turned out that, you know, that, that individual was, was okay and safe and, um, Fortunately, a few others weren't. So I think the guys have been through it and here in different places know that at the end of the day, you check and make sure everyone's close to you is safe. And then then you got to go play the game. That's what's just in front of you. You got to play it. You got to be prepared to do it. And it can be difficult for anybody. So uh, credit to the guys for focusing, getting the job done. And um, today you come home and it's, you know, probably a little more real to you last night when you get back. And so I don't know if that affected us today or not, because we certainly weren't mentally sharp. So there was probably a little bit of that and a little bit of our, our schedule that played into why we made some atypical mistakes out there. But at the end of the day, you know, you you, you find a way to win a game, and uh, hopefully down the road we can do what we can to help you know heal the city again. Um, that's all I can ask for, I guess. Chris and Jesse. Chris Golick, Vegas <clears throat> Hockey now. Strange circumstance in the schedule where the Sharks are in Vegas waiting a couple days for you guys to return from the road trip. Yesterday, you're waiting for the Dallas Stars to return after their road trip, after you've been there for a couple days. What's it like being on both sides of that coin in such a short time span? Well, it's why you got to be careful overanalyzing a win or a loss during the season sometimes, right? There's some circumstances involved. Um, so the good news for us is you know, we were with our, the guys were with their dads and we had, they had a day off between, we didn't have a lot of, we haven't had a lot of off days. We had two on the road and able to practice for us. What was probably the first time in a long time. Uh, they didn't have that luxury Friday. So we got to lick our wounds a little bit from our schedule a little bit. They didn't. So uh, then we come in here and, and San Jose is doing their, they, they were out East, right? So they get to lick their wounds and relax a little bit here and so they they had good energy early just like we did in, in Dallas so all you can do is fight through the early moments and and remind your team to just stick to the plan take care of the details right because early on you're just not going to be as sharp and 
we talked about that after the first period. I thought we came out of it okay for how we played. And listen, we're only down a goal. Let's get back to the details of how we want to play and slowly chip away. And it worked out for us. We got a fortunate goal on the power play. Let's face it, our power play wasn't executing. You get a, a good bounce in front of the net by going to the net. Now that gives you life. So now maybe some of the energy comes back and uh, you can get to your game. So that's it. Don't take yourself out of the game early with mental mistakes. Um, the sad part is late we made a couple mental mistakes. We gave up an odd man rush on a kind of harmless situation that we wouldn't typically do. Now it's 4-3, and we missed a coverage on the last goal. So at the end of the day, it was a mental battle all day for us for different reasons, and you know, we're able to come through. So credit to the guys. Find a way to win again. Um, good for Yuri in the, in the shootout. Those, those, that extra point counts, shootout or not. It matters. And uh, I was happy for him to get the win because he's the guy that was the freshest of us having not played, but also the least experienced too. So you want to do well for him and he wants to do well for the guys knowing that, you know, he hasn't played in a while. So it worked out for everyone in the end. <clears throat> Go to Jesse and then the last one will be Alan. Hi Bruce, <coughs> Jesse Granger at The Athletic. Can you just take us through your decision process um, when it comes to the shootout and maybe what, you, what factors you weigh? Well, there's previous history. Um, you know, Sean Burke does some drills at the end over the course of the year with shooters, so he'll recommend guys. We've kind of get into a pattern with our guys. Like we know Jack and Marshy are, are good. Um, Shea Theodore's good, so not only did you miss him in you know regular play, but he's good in the shootout. So uh, Paul Cotter started and got is a guy that's good in in practice. So we know we can always use him later. Hasn't translated to the games necessarily. Nick Waz, a guy over the years, has been a solid guy. So. I think maybe sometimes you want to go righty-lefty a little bit to keep the goalie honest, but in our case, we're a little more right-hand dominant without Theo going. So, um, you know, it is what it is. The good thing about Marshy going tonight, he's been in on the goalie, what, about three times during the game? So had Jack. So sometimes even Marshy got one, uh, Jack didn't. Sometimes just being in there a couple times, you say, okay, you know, if I had to do it over again, this is what I'd do, and, um, and they were able to. Mm. Oh. Uh, hi, Coach. Uh, Alan Snell, LVSportsBiz.com. I'm just building on the topic of the uh, gun violence in Las Vegas. I'm, I'm just wondering, as a coach, we've had some coaches in the NBA, for example, who just, for whatever reason, they just had to address the seriousness, seriousness of gun violence in their communities after some mass shootings. So I'm wondering, as a coach, what goes through your mind in terms of you know, speaking out on a public issue that might not be necessarily related to hockey, but somehow in the back of your mind, it just needs to be addressed. Like what, what kind of things go through your mind when those things happen? Well, there's the one side of it. I think the political side that I think uh, it's been addressed over and over and over from Sandy Hook all the way through that, you know, access to guns and that, that topic's been debated. Uh, for me, personally, I, I'm a Canadian, so I didn't grow up around guns. So when I moved to the U.S., a lot of this was new to me. These things could happen. Then they started happening in Canada, too. So I'm not going to put on one country or the other. Um, so I, I'm, I'm uh, certainly an advocate for, you know, stricter gun laws. How do you get there? You know, I mean, everyone has said that. How do you get there? That's on, on the politicians to, to sort through that. Because I think the general public is certainly willing to, to address some of those laws uh, was still having right to firearms, right? So how do you meet halfway? So, but I'm a guy that I, I would hope it would get tabled and I'm all for that. And how it lands or ends, I don't know. Again, being a guy that's not on top of the subject on a daily basis, particularly in Nevada, just moving here. 
But again, it's, it's, it's another tragedy that seems like at some point can these not be avoided uh, a little bit, you know? So, but me speaking out of it, I don't think it's gonna affect it at all. This is the people that are paid to do their job to, to, to sort through that. And then the people electing them, right? So then that's one way you can cast your vote. Uh, will that change it? I don't know, but that's certainly a way you can directly impact it. Probably the only way right now, really, when you think about it. Um, at least at, at, off the top of my head. Thank you, Bruce. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, everybody. <clears throat> that was Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 5-4 victory in the shootout for the Vegas Golden Knights. And with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. <clears throat> Enjoy 31% off menu price pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS at PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Make sure your gift list includes some gold this holiday season. Visit one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team stores to stock up on 2023 Stanley Cup Championship merchandise, winter classic jerseys and apparel, and other VGK goodies available at the Arsenal at City National Arena and other locations, plus online at VegasTeamStore.com. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 5-4 to in the shootout. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. In overtime, Tomas Hurdle landed on Caden Korzak. Korzak, it took him a minute to be able to get off the ice and then did eventually go down the tunnel favoring his leg. So something to keep an eye on. Also hopefully get an update soon on Aiden Hill, his progression as to when he might be able to be back for the Vegas Golden Knights, as well as Alec Martinez. And we know that Shea Theodore is still recovering after surgery on an upper body injury. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We talked about the start, how the Golden Knights would want to be dialed in early. It didn't quite work out that way for the Golden Knights as the Sharks scored on their first shot of the game, a point shot from Mario Ferraro. Your side boards, it's steered out high. It's played rink-wide burrows to Ferraro. Creeps in and shoots. He scores! First shot of the game, and the Sharks take a 1-0 lead. Mario Ferraro's first of the year from Kyle Burrows and Mikhail Granlund, 29 seconds into the game, made it one to nothing San Jose. We'd head to the second period, and the Golden Knights needed to simplify and chip away, and they did just that as Jonathan Marcheseau converted on an early two-on-one break for Vegas. Then Hutton takes it in his own end. Around and out, here comes Marcheseau, two-on-one with Howden. Marcheseau on the left, wait, shoots, and scores! <laughs> For Jonathan Marchessault, tie game, 1-1, five minutes into the second period. 13th goal of the year for Jonathan Marchessault from Ben Hutton, 5-34 of the second period, tied the game at one, and just over 10 minutes later, the Golden Knights would take the lead on a Chandler-Stevenson power play goal. Stevenson coming ahead on the right side, Stone cross to the left, back and front, score! Stevenson the redirection, Petrangelo to Stevenson, power play goal! Chandler Stevenson's fourth of the year, a power play goal from Alex Petrangelo and Mark Stone. 15-44 the second period made it 2-1 Vegas. The Golden Knights would head to the third period with a 2-1 lead, and they'd extend that lead early in the period as Jack Eichel found Braden McNabb for his second goal of the year. Booted to the corner for Jack Eichel. Up the boards. 
Michael coming down the wall. Cross ice. McNam cruising in. Score! Off the right post at home. Braden McNam. It's a 3-1 Golden Knights lead. McNam's second of the season. Braden McNabb from Jack Eichel and Caden Korzak, one minute, 43 seconds into the third period, made it 3-1 to one Vegas, but the Sharks answered back on the power play as Mike Hoffman threw a puck off Caden Korzak and in. San Jose back in, Mike Hoffman centers off of Korzak and in. The Knights put it into their own goal. Mike Hoffman will get credit for a power play marker, and it's a 3-2 Vegas lead. Seventh goal of the year for Mike Hoffman from Mikhail Granlund and Capo Kakinen. 3.56 of the third period made it 3-2 Vegas, a power play goal. And the Golden Knights would regain the two-goal lead near the midway point of the period as Jonathan Marcheseau chipped in his second goal of the game. Taken in the corner, Marcheseau whips it across. Yanked over by White Cloud. Back in front, Marcheseau scores! Second goal of the night for Jonathan Marcheseau from Chandler Stevenson and Zach Whitecloud, 9.23 of the third period, made it 4-2 Vegas. But the Sharks refused to go away quietly as Kalen Addison scored his first of the year to make it a one-goal game. Sharks back in, Addison shoots, he scores! Kalen Addison, and it's a one-goal game with 3.45 to go in the third period. Kalen Addison's first from Justin Bailey and Philip Zadina. 16-15 of the third period made it 4-3 Vegas. And the Sharks would complete the comeback when Mike Hoffman tied the game with 38 seconds left. Kept in the zone. Six versus five for the Sharks. 40 seconds to go. Left circle. Out in front. Score! Hoffman ties it. 38 seconds to go. Mike Hoffman, second of the game from Tomasz Hurdle and Alexander Barabanov. 19-21 of the third period, tied the game at four. We'd head, to the, we'd head to overtime, neither team really able to find the handle or much flow in that overtime period. So we go to the shootout. Nick Waugh and Kevin LeBanc both unsuccessful in the first round. Then Jack Eichel would give the Golden Knights the lead. There's Jack Eichel. In round two, Michael the righty goes extremely wide left, now to the middle, several deep, he scores! So Jack Eichel gets the Golden Knights on the board in the shootout. Mikhail Granlin stopped by Yuri Patera in the, in the next round, and Jonathan Marcheseau called game with the winner. Jonathan Marcheseau can win it. He's got two goals today. Marcheseau the righty to the slot, he shoots, he scores! And there you have it, 5-4 to four of the final. The Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks in the shootout. Vegas improves to 19-5 and 5.43 points on the year. Next in action Tuesday night, 7 o'clock against the Calgary Flames. We're back to wrap it up next on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. 
Wrapping it up here on the VGK Post Game Show. The Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 5-4 in the shootout. Vegas 19-5 and 5.43 points on the year. Next in action, Tuesday, 7 o'clock against the Calgary Flames. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. You know, for the Golden Knights, you get Yuri Patera in for his first game action of the season, and he allows a goal on the first shot of the game. As you heard from Yuri, he kind of settled in, obviously, after that. The Golden Knights improved their play a bit more in that first period, but unable to get the equalizer. Then the Golden Knights, a strong second period. You get a goal from Jonathan Marcheseau, and then Chandler Stevenson scores on the power play, really the only a strong play on the power play to that point in the game for the Golden Knights. And you take a lead going into the third period. We knew this was going to be a tough game just from an execution standpoint because of the grueling schedule, the travel, the back-to-back situation, having to come from Dallas back to Vegas, knowing the Sharks were waiting. And the third period, there were mistakes on both sides of the puck for the Vegas Golden Knights and the, and the, the San Jose Sharks. But the Golden Knights were able to get this one to overtime, and Yuri Patera comes up big in the shootout. So does Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau. And it's another victory for the Vegas Golden Knights, who have won three in a row, and they've got points in eight in their last eight games, 5-0-3 in that stretch. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-4. The victory for the Vegas Golden Knights in the shootout. Erie Patera improves to 3-0 all-time in his National Hockey League career. He's a perfect 1-0 in the shootout as well, and he hasn't allowed a shootout goal, so pretty good stuff there from Yuri Patera. He gets the win in this one tonight. The Golden Knights get a couple of goals from Jonathan Marcheseau. Jack Eichel improves his personal scoring streak to seven games, and the Vegas Golden Knights have points in their last eight. 5-0-3 in that stretch. Three-game win streak for the Vegas Golden Knights. And a 5-4 victory tonight in the shootout over the San Jose Sharks. 702-876-1340, that's the number. 702-876-1340. You can give us a call. You can reach us on the text line as well if you've got strong opinions. But you're a little shy. Reach out to me on the text line. You know where to find me, 702-876-1340. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in... Mike, hey Mike, how you doing? <laughs> I'm glad to say goodbye to the Sharks for a minute. I I think that before too much longer, considering what Connor Ingram did to us a couple of weeks ago, and I think these two teams, the Coyotes and the Sharks, are not only going to be playoff teams, but are actually going to be contenders, don't you? Win. Well, two years. Within two years. Okay. Uh 
I don't know about San Jose. I don't think they're going to be a contender within two years. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I know Anaheim uh, was a flash in the pan early in the year, and sure. Calgary looks like they're headed in the wrong direction. So you're you're right. I mean, as far as real contenders, but I I, I like what the Sharks do. They're three, two, and one mm. uh, on that road trip. So they had a good run, that's for sure, and and did everything but beat us. So turning to more mundane pursuits, we've got a pretty good schedule ahead of us. Calgary and Buffalo and the Senators. Mm-hmm. That's uh, those are all three winnable games. No reason why we should uh, not get points at least in all three of them. Uh, and and here's a question I have been forgetting to ask you for ages. When you are on the power play and you mess up and you get a penalty, and the power play ends at say the 120 mark instead of going all the way to two minutes. Is that still considered a normal power play, or is there a special statistic for that? No, I mean, that would count as, as your power play time. So, like, if you don't score within that one minute and 20 seconds before it becomes then a four-on-four situation, like, that would be a a missed opportunity on the power play. So, like, say you're on the power play and you go a minute and 20 seconds into the power play, then you take a penalty to take yourself off the power play, but then you score a four-on-four goal like a minute and you know, like 15 seconds after that, which would have been under the usual power play time, it wouldn't count as a power play goal. It would be an even-strength goal. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I, it's an interesting thing because a lot of times when a team has, like, say, X number of power plays in a season or in a week or in a month, some of those power plays are very short. They're not really two-minute power plays, so sure. there's no differentiation in them at all. No, I mean, you can look at each team's time shorthanded. So, like, even though you've got, say, you know, you take three penalties, four penalties in a game, um, if you give up goals in those situations, you're not going to have, obviously, six or eight minutes time shorthanded. So um, it's factored in in terms of the, the overall time that you're shorthanded. But on the power play conversion rates, it's it's charged as one unit, right? So even if you're on the, you know, the the penalty kill for a minute and fifteen seconds, or you get the, you know, a minute fifty eight seconds, it's still if you allow a, a a power play goal in that spot, you're you're zero for one on your on your kill attempt there, or one for one on your power play attempt. Okay, all right. I d- I really wasn't clear on that. Now I'm much more so, and I appreciate that. Shout out especially to Sean Burke. What a what a fine gentleman. He's always been kind to us at practice, and and what a coach. I mean, this guy has taken every goalie that we can put in the net, and he's won with them. I, Sean Burke deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I think the you know to a degree, I I would make the argument that that the Golden Knights defensive system and and kind of what Bruce Cassidy's got this team doing on a night-to-night basis is a big reason why the Golden Knights are are able to get strong goaltending performances more consistently. Um, But, you know, for Yuri Patera, like, he comes in, he hasn't played in a long time, and, you know, I I, I know you're, you know, some people will probably quibble with the, the first goal of the game from Mario Ferraro, but... You know, the ability to settle in after that I think is incredibly important. And, you know, for Yuri Patera to be able to go in there and, and make, you know, be perfect in, in the shootout, like that's that's huge. That's big. So uh, you're right on the money there, Mike. I, I'm surprised you haven't gloated yet. <laughs> Where, what would I gloat about? What are you talking about? Except that I got that Kings thing right. 
Yeah, you got it. You got it right. They lost yesterday and they lost today. Well done. Yeah, I didn't think. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, how realistic is it for the Kings to go on that long road trip and then win in New York back to back? I just knew that one of those games would go badly, and I really thought that they both would, and they did. Although, to be fair, there's no gloating that's even appropriate for that Islander game because that was as much luck. If you did, you watch the end of that game? No, uh, I did. I did not. I was traveling, but you know, yeah, such as the well, life. it was the Islanders were were out of it. Yeah. and just happened to come back at the last minute uh, to send it to, into a situation where they could win it. So, in a sense, the Kings still dominated that particular game. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some, Mike. When you win, gloat, okay? <laughs> All right, I'll take your word for it. Yes, thank you for letting me at least. All right, great stuff there, Mike. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good. Yeah, that was um, that was a game. Uh, I don't know. I it, it just felt like a team that played a lot of games recently that was very tired, that mm-hmm. was not quite connecting all, all the time. But you know what? They did what they do nearly every night. They do whatever they got to do to get two points. Yeah, I mean, it's it's reasonable to assume that the Golden Knights didn't have their legs. It's reasonable to assume that based on you know what their what their schedules looked like over the last thirty days or so, that this was going to be a game where they just didn't have their usual jump or usual energy. Like you could see, it was night and day difference between the Golden Knights yesterday after two days off before a game, and then the Golden Knights tonight on a back to back with travel. From the middle of the country back here to Las Vegas, so um, I, I'm not surprised that this was a bit sloppier. I'm not surprised that there were mental mistakes and and issues there for the Golden Knights. But great teams find ways to win, and yeah, and, and that's that's what they do. That's and that's exactly what Vegas is, right? Like they're gonna fight to the bitter end. We yep. had to claw our way through an overtime into the shootout, and we did it, right? I. I'm not going to bemoan it. Like, it just, it easily would have been a game that, like, having been at it, I could have been like, yeah, they they didn't deserve to win that. They didn't deserve the points. But, you know. And, and even that feels kind of harsh because there was mm. plenty of points at which we did very well. There was, gosh, right before I think it was San Jose scored their third goal, we had so much zone time. Like, it was not leaving San Jose's zone. We were doing great, and then yeah. they just got that one rush and and buried it. And you know that's what San Jose's been finally uh, able to do is kind of capitalize a little bit more than they were at the beginning of the year, but didn't capitalize enough. Mm, didn't capitalize enough mm. to uh, get the two points we did. Yeah, great stuff there, Stephanie. Thanks so much for the call. Um, I, I agree with essentially everything that you said there. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to call us. You can also send us a text to that same number, 702-876-1340. we got a text in that I'm going to address on the other side of the break. It's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. 
Extended post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 702-876-1340. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to jump on the radio and chat with me about the Vegas Golden Knights, about a uh, eight-game point streak for Vegas, 5-0-3 in their last eight games, a three-game win streak for the Golden Knights, and a 19-5-5 record through the first 29 games, I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to hear from you. You can also text us in, 702-876-1340. Get to a couple of texts right now from Jason Holt. Now that Vegas has a 50-10 to 10 points edge on San Jose all-time, can we finally stop calling this a rivalry? Um, like, generally speaking, I'm I'm with you. I don't really get the sense that there's much of a rivalry right now between the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks, it's almost automatic that more often than not, the Golden Knights are going to win. You don't have a lot of the key players still with both San Jose and Vegas that, that really kind of allowed that juice early on when when these two teams were meeting in the postseason and the nastiness was very, very real. Um, you, you'll always remember your first, right? And the San Jose Sharks were certainly the first true rival of the Vegas Golden Knights, but uh, I'm, I'm with you there, Jason. Like I, I don't, I don't consider this a rivalry very much anymore. I, I still think it's funny that the Golden Knights have won a Stanley cup six years in and the San Jose Sharks are decades in and, and don't have anything to show for it. Just one Stanley cup final appearance for San Jose and, and unable to get the job done. But um, in, in that regard, it, it's, it's really not much of a rivalry anymore. Uh, Vicky Kaiser says it wasn't a pretty game tonight, but they u- but like they usually do, they found a way to win. I'm sure being back-to-back had something to do with the lackluster performance, but I'll take a win however it happens. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't criticize wins too often, um, especially given the circumstance for the Golden Knights. I thought Bruce Cassidy said it really well uh, in the postgame in his media availability. Like, you don't... Um, you don't overanalyze wins and losses so much in the regular season when you know that there are circumstances, extenuating circumstances, situations where, you know, you, you're you dealing with travel, you're dealing with back-to-backs, you're dealing with these situations where the Golden Knights were waiting for the Dallas Stars, and then you're on the flip side of that tonight where the San Jose Sharks are waiting for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, you know, that's that's a situation that plays into whether or not teams win or lose it, win or lose. And you know, I think for the Golden Knights on the on the whole, they dealt with this situation really, really well. Um, Scott Bolshazy. Biggest issue tonight was lazy and sloppy play throughout giving the Sharks multiple scoring chances. Players left wide open tend to score. Yuri settled in nicely, mistakes kept the weaker team in the game. We gave away a point tonight. Grateful for the win. Let's learn from our mistakes. I don't think it's a situation where you have to learn very much. Again, this team was tired. Like, 14 games in 27 days. Like, that's, it's a tough schedule. And, you know, then you factor in all the flights. And, like, I'm not sitting here trying to make excuses. To be honest, you don't need excuses for a 19-5-5 record. It's ridiculous. It's good. It's best in the National Hockey League. And as far as giving away a point to San Jose, is it going to come back to bite you at the end of the year? Probably not, because you get two points out of it. 
It doesn't matter if you give away a point to San Jose if they're going to finish 32nd or 31st in the National Hockey League. So yeah, I'm not too worried about it there. Um, you know, again, I, I think that there's one of those situations where you look at the circumstances, you understand what the Golden Knights have been battling through, dealing with over the last couple of uh, of weeks. This is a win. A win's a win. You're going to take the two points, and you're going to move on, and I expect the team to be much better on Tuesday night against Calgary. Take a break. We'll be back with more on the Extended Post Game Show. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Send a postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 5-4. to four. Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks in the shootout. Vegas now, 19-5-5, and 5, 43 points on the year. Next in action, Tuesday, 7 o'clock against the Calgary Flames. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Craig. Hey, Craig, how you doing? Hey, Ryan, how are you? I'm good. I really enjoyed the game tonight, I think in part because I had been at the Raiders game earlier. <laughs> I heard that uh, that was a, a really high event uh, game. Well, the only good thing is I'm from Minnesota, and at least the Vikings won. But, Ryan, <laughs> the main thing I wanted to chat about today is I was disappointed to not see Dorofeyev in the lineup tonight, especially after you know he got to the goal like he was you know, prone to likely to do in the past, and I'm just wondering what you feel the Golden Knights' um, usage of Dorothea is going to be on an ongoing basis. I, I think that right now they, they feel pretty confident in Michael Amadio's ability to get the job done, and, and thanks, Craig, for the call. I, I you know, as good as Amadio's been, he, he, I, I don't think that, you know, you get there's a defensive responsibility with Amadio. I think he's he's really settled in alongside William Carlson. Um, you know, the question maybe becomes the, the the difference between Paul Cotter and Pavel Dorofiev. Cotter's a bit more physical. I think that there's a, a little bit more that you know in his game that translates better to the National Hockey League. So right now, I think it's pretty clear where Pavel Dorofiev is on the depth chart. He's he's that next guy into the lineup when there's an injury up front and you know until either Paul Cotter's game falls off to a point where you you know you're not going to be able to rely on him over 60 minutes and the same can be said for Michael Amadio which I, I don't get the sense it's going to um, you know I, I think that Pavel Dorfiev is going to have to work himself in and take advantage of the opportunities when he's in the lineup and you know again you, you mentioned Dorfiev scored Paul Cotter also scored yesterday against Dallas and you know, it's one of those situations where you've got a young player that is trying to add layers to his game, and he doesn't have the same physicality that Paul Cotter brings to the lineup. And I think that that's important, and that's an aspect that uh, Bruce Cassie likes to have in the fold. So th- those are my thoughts on it. And, you know, I'm sure Pavel Dorofiev will have his chance at some point here to go on a bit of a stretch, a, a couple of games here and there in the lineup. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. 
wrapping it up here. Extended post game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5 to 4. The victory for the Vegas Golden Knights in the shootout. 19, 5 and 5, 43 points on the year. Tops in the National Hockey League next in action Tuesday, 7 o'clock against the Calgary Flames. For the Golden Knights, it was not their A game, probably not even their B game, and yet they come away with two points. Um, I'm not concerned in the slightest. The Golden Knights have won three in a row. They've got points in their last eight games. This is a team that's that's rounding the corner in terms of their process. It's getting better and better and better, and the results are following that process as well. Tonight, the, ex- the exception, but I'm ex- I'm, I'm looking at the Golden Knights going into Tuesday night's game against Calgary. I think they're going to be much better, much sharper, much crisper, and we're going to see a team very close to what we saw yesterday in Dallas against the Stars. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to James Davis down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio, and thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post game show. It's not as much fun without your calls, your input, uh, specifically on the text line continue to text in we appreciate it until tomorrow have a great night everybody or i'm sorry until tuesday have a great night everybody we'll talk to you then right here on fox sports las vegas thanks for listening to the extended golden knights post game show on fox sports radio 98.9 fm at 1340 a.m your home for the vegas golden knights have a good night and drive safe